The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is uh, seven minutes after seven o'clock, Monday evening, and a beauty one out there indeed. John Pincus, yeah, is covering the show tonight. So your questions, live call in show, of course, 416 870. 6400 we are ready to go we hope you are as well coming up on the show tonight got lots of stuff to talk about your emails you want to send one along new problem help at employmentlawyer.ca but the phone number immediately right here to talk to us during this uh, 50 minute show give or take it's 416-870-6400 shattering some severance myths we will get to that in just a bit but uh johnson i know you got a couple things you want to discuss with the uh the week that was how are you brother i'm good i'm good how are you doing Good man, I'm ready to ready to roll. Eager to, ready to roll. Camping ready. at the bit. Yes, yep. yes. Lots of uh, very interesting things happening in the world of employment law, and uh, got a couple interesting situations to talk about. So hope people uh, don't be, feel shy to call in, talk about uh, your issues or your friends' issues, your family's issues, your neighbors' issues. That's what we're here to do. So uh, the first situation I want to talk about is someone who contacted me after working for a company for 25 years as a data analyst. And so this person, after being employed for 24 years, uh, was experiencing a situation where the company had come up to him and said, okay, well, we're just updating all of our HR documents and we need you to sign this. So it's this long document filled with, you know, things that he mostly doesn't understand. But he says, well, you know what? They said it's just this standard paperwork. Give them my address, confirm my salary. Okay, great. Well, fast forward one year, and here we are in COVID-19, uh, so lots of restructurings going on, lots of resource actions, restructurings, downsizing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, a lot of people are losing their job, and this gentleman was no exception to that. So that he would be caught up in this restructuring was not a huge shock to him, but what was a huge shock was the amount they offered him, because after 25 years, they decided they were going to offer him eight less than eight months, actually, uh, for his severance. And he said, well, hang on a moment. I've been on the severance pay calculator. I've looked this up online. I'm owed anywhere from 20 to 24 months pay. So what gives? And they said, well, remember that contract you signed last year? That actually had a termination clause. And we can limit you to only uh, 34 weeks of your pay. Well, thankfully, uh, all was not lost. Because once I took a look at this contract, I noticed two things about it right away. First of all, the termination clause that this company was relying on was illegal, unenforceable garbage. Uh, They were never going to be able to rely on it to deny him his entitlements. Uh, But the company had an even bigger problem, which was that they did not give him anything for signing away all of his contractual rights. So the whole contract was garbage. Uh, So suffice it to say, this person is owed a heck of a lot more uh, than eight months' pay. Uh, So we're going to be negotiating that for him, and and he certainly can expect to receive a much larger severance package. And, you know, this is an important lesson for all employees because this person got very lucky, but... Uh, it's equally, um, you know, equally often that I have to tell these people that actually uh, that is an enforceable clause and you have signed away all your entitlements. And that, that really, really is a heartbreaker uh, to see that, to see people throw away all of their rights after so many years and have these companies get away with severing them uh, by and paying, uh, you know, peanuts, uh, pennies on the dollar for what they should be receiving. So you really, really have to be careful when you're presented with these things um, at the beginning of employment, but especially uh, if you're already employed somewhere. 
Want to mention as well, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is the number you want to use when we're not on air to get a hold of John or Lior, member of the uh, team at the firm. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And any time for more information, if uh, you're not listening to this show or uh, you're busy this particular evening, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can tell your busy friends to use that website anytime, free, anonymous, and there's tons of information there as well. But here now, live call-in show. Your call is 416-870-6400. What else, uh, what else you got for me, pal? Well, the next situation that I wanted to talk about involves a scenario that a lot of people are going through right now temporary layoffs, right? A lot of people confused about this new regulation uh, from the Ontario government. What does it mean? What can my employer do? Do I have a right to severance? Well, we're going to clear up all of this right here and right now. And and this, I think, is a perfect example uh, to do that. So this is someone who is actually a sales manager who'd been placed on a layoff on March 15th uh, of this year at at a very large company. Now, she thought that the employer might call her back and she was waiting to see uh, what May and June would bring. Uh, but it's not looking good because basically everyone's been called back to the company in her department except her, and the employer's barely been communicating with her at all. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't look like the employer's really intending to call her back when this is all over. They're just kind of delaying the inevitable, which is that they're, they're going to uh, get rid of her. Well, recently she saw news of this new uh, law that the Ontario government has filed. No constructive dismissals during COVID-19, temporary layoffs now being deemed a leave of absence under the Employment Standards Act. So she calls me and she says, well, what are my rights now? And in fact, the answer is that her rights are essentially exactly the same. Because in her case, she had never signed anything explicitly agreeing to temporary layoffs. She has a choice to treat her employment as terminated. And this regulation, on its plain wording, does absolutely nothing to change that. And remember, the regulation deals only with temporary layoffs under the Employment Standards Act. But, of course, when we're talking about someone's full entitlements, we're not talking about the Employment Standards Act. That is why you don't go to the Ministry of Labor to get your termination and severance pay. That's why you go to an employment lawyer. The same thing applies here, right? So to anyone who's listening who's been laid off, you have to consider calling an employment lawyer. If you want to think about your rights, you can't just go on Google and look it up. Don't assume that your full rights to severance have been suspended. That's not what this regulation is about. That's simply not what it says at all. Uh, And incidentally, in the case of the sales manager I mentioned, uh, she is going to be pursuing her entitlements because as far as the law is concerned right now, she's owed her full entitlement. So this is a really, really important lesson uh, to anyone who is listening right now that this regulation does not change your full entitlements. It's only for the purposes of the Employment Standards Act. Yeah, your common law rights are not on temporary layoff. They're they're working hard, and they're still there, right? So uh, so have no fear of that. Look, you want to reach out any time in the next uh, 45 minutes or so, 416-870-6400. We'll try to get to some emails as well. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Feel free. Lines are open here at uh, 714 on a nice Monday night, shattering severance myths. I know you were, uh, you did a really, really good job of narrowing down the list of, I don't know, 4,000 to a, a few here that we're going to get through because, God, there's enough of them. First one is this as we, uh, as we roll on. When you are fired, you only receive one or two weeks for every year of service. If you were to ask 99 people on the street that exact sentence, how much do you get if you're laid off or, 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 or canned? 98 would say, yeah, probably one or two weeks. The 99th person would have no clue. So uh, you can tell me exactly why this one's a big myth, right? 
this one is the biggest myth of all, yep. and yep. It, it's one that actually, in fairness, the Ministry of Labor has been working the last few years uh, to help clear up, even though they can't actually give people advice about this. Uh, this goes back to you know the difference between, just like I was talking about a moment ago, the difference between the Employment Standards Act and the common law. The Employment Standards Act is a floor of rights. It's a remedial statute to help employees. It is not the maximum amount of rights. The Employment Standards Act is there to protect your rights, not to limit them. So when we're talking about your full rights, your full rights are your rights under the common law, your rights under your contract. And that is going to be different from one person to the next. And for from the vast majority of people, they're going to have their full severance rights. And remember, the Ministry of Labor can't give you advice about that. Uh, all they can tell you, as as fortunately they have been doing more and more, is to go see a lawyer. Uh, yeah. And the difference can be tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, and the truth is that length of service is, of course, it's relevant. Of course, it's very important, but it's not everything. We're looking at a variety of factors. We're looking at age. We're looking at position. We're looking at where you recruited. We're looking at, you know, were you disabled? Were you pregnant? at the time of termination. You know, right now we're looking at the fact that there's this pandemic. How are you going to find a job uh, right. when there are so few uh, businesses hiring? Uh, and even once they do start hiring, we start opening up, we're, we're going to be at least in the short term uh, in a recession. These are all things that are going to increase your severance entitlements that um, you're just not going to find in the Employment Standards Act. That's why you got to call a lawyer. want to uh, make sure you know the number to reach out, by the way, one 855 821-5900, That is how you get a hold of John or Lior, a member of the team. Uh, write that number down. Keep it. You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll get to another one here before we move on to a phone call and our first break. Another uh, severance myth is this. Your employer says you've been fired for cause, so you aren't owed any severance. Of course they're going to say that. Right. And, and, and it's very easy for employers to just allege that they have cause, right? right? Just like it's easy for an employer to allege that they've given you a fair severance package. Uh, cause, just cause has been called the capital punishment of employment law, right? Because it's saying not only are we going to let you go, but it's your fault that we're letting you go. Yeah. And so we're not going to pay you any severance. And, and there are, of course, things that are just cause. Serious dishonesty, fraud, like benefits fraud, uh, or theft. Um, these things are, are very often going to be just cause. Uh, and an employer might be able to establish cause for lesser things if they can show some serious progressive discipline, multiple warnings, a legitimate chance to improve suspensions. Uh, and that's why if, it's, if you're given warnings, it's important to speak up if you don't agree with them. Um, but employers uh, really have to be careful about this, and, and very often they are not because the consequences for asserting cause when you don't have it are, are pretty severe. Um, right. So if your employment has been terminated for cause, you should always see an employment lawyer. You know, there are lots of situations where an employer alleges cause, and that employee actually ends up settling for you know tens of thousands of dollars in severance or, or, or more. Uh, so yeah. it is really important uh, to always run that by an employment lawyer. Shattering severance myths. We'll get to more of those. And, Diane, I see you there. Your phone call is up first, so uh, so stand by after a short break. We'll go right back to the phone number. And the phone calls, 416-870-6400. Pick it up, use it, and we'll get right to it. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 
It is 7.20, and yeah, plenty of time for you still to call in, 416-870-6400. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca, and we'll get back to uh, shattering severance myths here in just a minute. John Pincus on board tonight, ready to take your calls. Diane, thank you so much for uh, for standing by here on a Monday. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself? Fantastic. Glad you called in. How can we help? Well, I just have a question, uh, and it's um, I have a family member working who got hired by a temp agency before the pandemic for a big, big uh, company. And uh, they keep uh, postponing the time they're closing now. And uh, she's never got an increase in wages at all. She's worked all through this pandemic. And she's wanted to quit because uh, she has a, a health conditions, but she's stuck it out because she needs the money. And, uh, but if she quit, she has no recourse anyway for any help. And, uh, I just want to know, like, is there anything she can do? Um, like the temp agency, like, I don't know how a temp agency works. So I'm just, and either does she, it's the first time she ever worked for one, but, uh, she's been there over a year at this company because they keep postponing it to move to Mexico. So I'm just wondering uh, what her recourses are. So w- what's exactly her objective here, uh, just so I understand? What you, you mentioned she wants to quit. Uh, well, she she's worried about her health for sure with this pandemic, but uh, she knows that if she quits and walks away, she's not eligible for anything at all if she leaves that job. That's right. Well, if, if you voluntarily resign... Then um, you're not going. Then she's not going to be entitled um, to severance. You know, in terms of temporary help agencies, they are treated differently under the Employment Standards Act. But in terms of your rights as an employee to things like infectious disease leave um, and and to uh, severance, those those rights are still the same um, as far as you know you, the full entitlements are concerned, and as as, as far as your her leave. Um, uh, entitlements are concerned. So if she, for example, has to stay home to take care of children, if she has to stay home because her doctor has ordered her uh, to stay home, then she would have a right to that infectious disease leave. But other than that, I mean, if she's just having sort of a uh, general anxiety about her health, uh, which in, in fairness, a lot of people are having right now, if she leaves, that is going to be a voluntary resignation. It's not; she's not going to have any recourse, and and the the fact that she would have no recourse really has nothing to do with it being a temporary help agency. It just has to do with the fact that unless you can identify a specific uh, concern uh, for for the employer to address, or if the employer doesn't address it for the Ministry of Labor to address, then simply being concerned about your health is as legitimate as that is. It's not going to be enough. Um, to be able to uh, justify not going to work and still have an entitlement. You have to either qualify for a leave um, or that that's very likely going to be a voluntary resignation. Okay, so all the um, uh, rules that apply with the Ministry of Labor apply with temp health? Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't necessarily. I mean, yes, temporary help agencies do have um, different. First of all, they have different obligations under the Employment Standards Act, and there are different rules in terms of minimum entitlements, in terms of when one assignment ends and, and another begins, and, uh, and and so yes, there are different rules that apply to temporary help agencies. But for for our purposes, in terms of what we're discussing, you don't you don't lose your rights simply 
simply because you are acting for a uh, temporary help agency. They generally have the same rights um, as other employees. They're going to have the same rights, for example, to severance pay. They're going to have the same rights to leaves of absence if they need one. So I, I wouldn't look at this through the prism of she's working for a temporary help agency, so her rights are going to be different. I'd look at this through what are her reasons for not wanting to work and if she's eligible for you know a leave of absence if her doctor allows her to do that um, or says she should be doing that then then uh, okay. that's you know that's one basis to do it if she has to take care of her children because if she has children if because she doesn't have a, a daycare uh, that that would be okay. another legitimate reason right but it, it has nothing to do with uh, the temporary help agency okay like with the temporary help agency she's not hadn't been hired by the company, right, because they're leaving the country, um, mm. did they, would they not have got help from the government for these, all these people? Like, there's a lot of people working for Procter & Gamble. It's, oh. it's, it's impossible to say. It's impossible to say. But uh, generally speaking, uh, if you're working for a temporary help agency, that is your employer. You can have multiple employers. You can be employed for a temporary help agency and a larger company where, where you're placed. But the temporary help agency um, is, for the purposes of your minimum entitlements, that is your employer. For the purposes of your full entitlements, that's going to at least be one of your employers. So, so that's who she should be looking to um, in the first place. Okay, so that's who she deals with. And so, okay, well, she, mm -hmm. okay, she's just worried that, you know, she'll get fired and that will be the end. She has no recourse for anything. And she's 55, well, she'll be 56 this year, sorry, <laughs> but she'll be 56. And, uh, you know, she's really worried. She needs a job, you know. She right. just went out on her own. So, you know, in the last couple of years, so she's struggling and, and here, you know, she she such the job was over in a certain time. She'd get another job, but they keep extend. It's the third extension, and now mm. they're thinking of extending again. And she's happy to stay because she's making money at least. But it's just over minimum wage for God's sake, right? And to, to me, I just don't think you know. I don't know how they get away with that when it's they're supposed to be leaving a certain date, well, leave. And if you don't, you keep employees. Shouldn't they have to raise their wages every time they change their minds they're leaving? Uh, no, they're, well, that that's, you know, they're not going to, she's not going to have a right to have an increased wage. I mean, this sounds like a situation where she really should think about whether she wants, to, I mean, sometimes voluntarily resigning is the right thing to do, right? Even though it's, it doesn't uh, involve entitlement to determination pace. So I think that uh, her personal objectives really have to, to guide her decisions here. So if she voluntarily resigns, though, she gets nothing. Right. That's right. Yeah. And, and you may not even qualify for employment insurance in that case. But again, um, you know, if, if, if she wants another job somewhere else and, and thinks she can find somewhere that, that, uh, where the pay is better, I mean, that's, that's the option, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much for your help and stay safe. You're welcome. Thank thanks you, Diane. Appreciate, uh, appreciate your time. You want to reach out any further, you can always email help at employmentlawyer.ca. For you, though, we got plenty of time to take your phone call just like Diane. Get some answers. That's how it works, right? 416-870-6400. It is uh, 728 here on the Employment Law Show. We'll get back to our shattering severance myths. The next one is this. Being, quote, unquote, on contract means you don't get any severance.
Right. So there, there's kind of two meanings of, you know, being on contract. You know, the first uh, is people who are treated as contractors, uh, for right. example, where they're uh, where they may actually have every characteristic of being an employee, but the employer just doesn't deduct tax at source and instead um, pays HST. Uh, those people, if everything else about your employment or, or your contract rather looks like employment you know you've you know you're subject to performance reviews you you've got the schedule every day uh, you only work for them and it doesn't need to be all of those things even if it's some of those things uh, you don't hire your own people for example then you're going to be an employee and that means you're going to get severance the other time we hear the the phrase on contract is when someone's working uh, for a fixed term uh, and that fixed term is ended early Sometimes that means that that person isn't entitled to severance, depending what's in their contract. But in other cases, depending on the language of that fixed-term contract, you might actually be entitled to the balance, the rest of that fixed-term contract. So that's another example where you really should be speaking with an employment lawyer. It is 416-870-6400. That is a number. We have lots of time to take your calls and open lines. Shattering severance myths. We'll get back to that. First, I want to bounce over to a phone call. Always top priority darren thanks for taking the time how are you uh great great thanks thanks for taking my call you bet what's going on yeah so my wife's been working for a we'll say a large bank for um over 10 years um over the last couple of years she's had some health issues and feels as if they're kind of trying to force her out um and now she's basically been forced to kind of start to look for a new job because the workplace workplace has become so unhealthy um, now that she's sort of found something, she doesn't know if there's a way to kind of recoup anything as if, you know, as if she's being terminated because she's basically been forced to find a new job um, or if she just uh, resigns and moves on. And Darren, what is it about your, your wife's experience that has uh, made her feel that she's being forced out? What, what have they been doing specifically? So she- health issues over the last couple of years and mm-hmm. which has kind of resulted in um, her not being at work as much as possible mm-hmm. um but they've they've basically been constantly kind of saying well you're not getting a wor- enough work done right and they, they say well your you know your output of work has, has lowered over the last two three years out of your you know tenure and and she's saying well obviously it has i'm, I'm not there as much mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and kind of literally every day she says she feels like they're attacking her her work even though she's doing as much or more as anybody else in the office if you were to look at the actual numbers right well um there i mean even though she's if she, and you said she's found a new job and and is the job pay something comparable to her old job absolutely so yeah she's found something that's fairly comparable but like i say she didn't She's she's had to look for something because she was at her wit's end trying to stay there. Right, right. I understand. So there there is something you can do. I mean, if she has been forced out because they have basically reprised against her because of her health issues, and and that's the reason she's had to look for work. I mean, she could claim this as a constructive dismissal. If she did that, she wouldn't be entitled to her full entitlements because she's already found another job. Uh, She'd be entitled to something closer to her minimum entitlements under the Canada Labor Code, Uh, assuming she's been working because she's been working for a bank. Um, so that that's going to be a fraction of her full entitlements, but she could uh, she could potentially recoup that. The other thing that she may be may want to do uh, is she may want to go to the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal if if there's evidence that the treatment that she faced was directly linked to her health issues, then that could be a violation 
of her rights under the Canadian Human Rights Act. So there are options here. You know, the amount that she may end up ultimately getting uh, is going to be a lot less than someone who's had to leave and is not able to find a job uh, very quickly. Uh, but she, she may still have options if she still really wants to take a stand against what's happened to her. Right. Okay, great. Thanks. You're welcome. Darren, appreciate that. If you want to uh, reach out any further, you can uh, You can always do so. one 821 5900 is to get a hold of John and the rest of the team or help at employmentlawyer.ca. Still got time here. You want to make a call, do it. 416-870-6400. It is uh, 733 on your Monday night. Shattering. Severance miss. Short service employees get very little, in, uh, very little severance. Incorrect. Right. A lot of employees believe this, and and actually a lot of employers genuinely Mm -hmm. um, believe this. You know, and and, and what these employers miss is that there is a recognition by the courts uh, that someone who's been employed for one or two years is in a fairly similar situation as someone who's been employed for three or four years. Uh, You know, some people who've been entitled for, who've been employed for two years or, or a year and a half can be entitled to six months, nine months, even a year's severance. Uh, and, and there are cases where this has happened. So, again, this comes back to something I was mentioning earlier in the show today, which is that years of service, of course, they're important, but they are not everything. The courts take a very holistic, qualitative assessment of uh, what your entitlements are. And so thinking that, well, you know, I've been here two years uh, and they're offering me two months and so that's it. Well, you know, if you're a... uh uh, someone who just came off a pregnant uh, a pregnancy leave, or if you're someone who's in their 50s um, and were recruited from another job, or you had a job where you were a man- managing 100 people and earning $100,000, then two months is actually a, a terrible severance offer. Uh, so you really do have to speak to an employment lawyer, uh, or at the very least, you know, check out Severance Pay Calculator, get a feel for, for what you, the range of your entitlements are, um, and, and think about potentially uh, negotiating that. I guess part of the reason as well that it's disproportionate for short service employees because just because you were short service doesn't mean you will find a job faster than somebody who's been there for 10 years, right? So you gotta, you got to bridge that gap, no? Yeah, and a lot of times uh, people who are short service actually take longer to find a job because they're right. prejudiced because what the next employer is going to ask is, oh, okay, you were employed for a year and a half. What happened there, right? So, right. I, I, you know, the courts don't don't explicitly acknowledge that, but I think the implicit acknowledgement is a lot of these people may actually have a harder time finding a new job. Yeah. Yep. Severin Smith, we're shattering them. We're getting to more of those in between that. The phone calls, of course, we get to uh, Tom. Hey, Tom, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Good, thanks. Go ahead. I got a question. I'm a retailer inside a mall, and uh, they say when we're going to open again, they're going to be restricted hours from 11 to 7 instead of 10 to 9. So I have a part-timer, which that's going to, uh, with her schedule, that's going to knock her down uh, almost nine hours a week with her current schedule. What's my, uh, what should I do for her? What am I uh, required to do for that is trouble i don't want to lose her right right well that you know that's 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 a good question tom and and uh, certainly i think everyone can empathize with your circumstances you know in normal circumstances if you reduce someone's hours um, simply because let's say you're cutting costs or because you have a different preference that could be treated as a constructive dismissal but your situation is different because your situation um, you're actually being mandated 
um, to uh, restrict uh, hours, which means that the the hours that are being reduced by this part-timer, it's not really your choice. You're not really doing anything about it. So I think the risk of a constructive dismissal, I mean, technically it's always there, but in your case, uh, I would say it would be uh, much, much lower. Certainly if someone came to me um, and uh, told me that, that this, this kind of change uh, was coming, I would be very circumspect in telling them uh, that that was a constructive dismissal. Because when you are being forced, uh, particularly if it's uh, from a government entity, to make changes to your business um, then uh, she you know she may not uh, accept that and if she doesn't accept it there's really nothing you can there's not much you can do about it and there's not much that an employment lawyer certainly can't force her to accept the job but in terms of your exposure uh, from a legal standpoint it's it's not uh, quite the same risk as if for instance you had just chosen on your own to reduce for nine hours a week so from a legal liability perspective I wouldn't be overly stressed out about that uh, in terms of uh, you know her staying on uh, hopefully she just understands that this is a temporary situation, uh, that she is going to go back to her full hours. So what I would recommend that you do is, uh, you know, either get her on the phone or call, or, or, or better yet, write her an email and say, look, this is temporary. I fully intend to bring you back to full hours as soon as I'm able to do so. And that's, first of all, that's going to be good from a legal perspective, but that's also um, going to hopefully encourage her to come back that, you know what, it's worth sticking it out and, and uh, you know, weathering the storm with the, with the company. Oh, okay. Very good. Uh, can I have one more question? Sure. Go ahead, Tom. Well, uh, with the mall, I, I take care of the gift cards or strollers and whatnot, and they have to pay me, so the lease have to pay me to do that uh, so much uh, well, for 25 hours a week. It's not a lot, but now can they uh, say, well, we don't want to pay that much now because it's the same situation. We're not open as long. Things are quiet. So, are you saying you have a you have a contract with the mall, as I as I understand it, and they, and, and you're worried they're not going to pay that anymore? Well, I'm just one, yeah, because it, it's in my lease that they have to do that. I don't know if that's constituted as employment or is that just a legal lease thing? Yeah, so that I mean that's more of sort of a general contractual issue and. You know, outside of invoking something like a, a force majeure clause, although that's not super my area of expertise because it's not strictly an employment law issue, uh, you know, as a general principle of contract, if someone has a contractual obligation to provide you with something, then their failure to do that is going to be a breach of contract. The only way they're going to be able to get out of that um, is to say that it's an act of God. And, and you know there's going to be lots of disputes around that right now because of COVID-19. But if, if they simply say, uh, we don't want to pay it because uh, we're cutting costs, uh, just from a basic con a contract perspective, I think that's going to be very difficult for them to do. So if they do that, um, I, I would hold them to that, and I would I would tell them that uh, you know it depends. You know, you may decide you don't because you have a relationship with them. You don't want to do that, but I think you'd at least have the option to say that's a breach of your contract with me. Oh, very good. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, you guys are doing a great job, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Tom. Uh, thanks, Tom. Appreciate your time and appreciate the phone call as well. Carry on. You want to reach out any further, you can do so. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and one 821 5900 Still got some time. 416-870-6400. That is the number to use to call and get some answers right away. In between that, shattering severance myths. The next one is this, that your rights to severance expire if you don't accept the employer's offer deadline, the old, uh, you know, Friday at 5, you got to have this back to me, right, or you get nothing.
Not true. Right, right. Yep. Well, I, I always say to people who ask me this question, I say, the first thing that I should tell you about me is that I don't just act for employees. I act for employers, too. And when I act for employers and when they ask me to draft a termination letter, I do them the same way every time. I've never written a termination letter without a deadline. Why? Because the employer wants closure. The employer really yeah. wants you to sign that release. Remember that when an employer makes you an offer and they ask you to sign a release, they're not just giving you a gift. They're trying to make a deal with you. They really want something in exchange. And that signed release is worth something to them. And they're probably offering it to you because they know the alternative is worse. The alternative might be that, that you're going to, to bring a claim against them. The alternative might be that actually they, they turns out they owe you a lot more severance. Maybe they have some other liabilities towards you. So if it's a good deal, then for sure you should pay attention to that, that deadline if you're actually planning on accepting it. Uh, but the deadlines, generally speaking, not because they're planning on pulling the offer, although they can do that, there's really no incentive for them to do that. They really do want you to sign that. Um, so, you know, as a, as a professional courtesy, I always recommend that you tell them if you're not going to make the deadline, but don't forego legal advice just because someone gives you a deadline on that, uh, on that termination letter. That's a mistake. Get to a uh, letter uh, email here. This one comes from Michelle. She says, guys, how long can my employer keep me on a temporary layoff? Good question. I'm sure a million people are asking that right now. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many people I've, I've had that asked, and that's that's the million-dollar question for a lot of people. Uh, that is that, that comes back to the difference between the Employment Standards Act and the common law and your full entitlements under the Employment Standards Act. Uh, really, you know, if you were if you were laid off after March first, your employer can keep you on a layoff. You, first of all, you're not even on a layoff right now; you're on a deemed leave. But again, that does not matter uh, for for common law rights. Even though the Employment Standards Act says basically your rights are suspended, or you know, you may after this pandemic is over, we can keep you on for 13 weeks or 35 weeks, which is the normal course. Under, under the common law, under your full entitlements, the moment they put you on a temporary layoff, if that's not a term of your employment, if you haven't agreed to that explicitly, that is a termination. So the answer for most people is going to be zero days and zero hours. And to find out if you fall into that category, there's no substitute for calling an employment lawyer and finding out. So please, Michelle, give us a call and let's talk about it. Gary says, uh, what should I do if I don't feel safe? Again, you get this every day. What should I do if I don't feel safe returning to work after COVID-19 is over or when it's over? Well, the first thing that I would say, Gary, is there's a difference between not feeling safe and actually having a specific concern. Right. If you have a specific concern about something in your workplace, uh, you have to bring it up with your with your employer. You have to let them address it. And if they don't address it, you have to, at that point, bring it to Occupational Health and Safety at the Ministry of Labor. If it's just you don't feel safe returning to work because you don't want to be outside, then your really only options are to go to work or to treat that or, or simply to voluntarily resign. You know, we have a lot of measures out there to be safe, to wear masks, to, to wash your hands and things like that. And if, if yeah. that's not enough for you and you're not feeling safe, um, you can either uh, avail yourself of one of the uh, leaves of absence under the Employment Standards Act, and an employment lawyer can help you navigate that. Or if you don't qualify for any of those leaves of absence, then really your only other option is to resign. So this is something you really have to think about carefully. And what I would not do is simply, what I would really not do is simply refuse to go to work. Um, you, you have to think about it much more carefully than that. I want to get to one final call here and we'll move on to Peter. Uh, Peter, you got about a minute. What's, uh, what's your question, pal? Hi, guys. I'll try to do this fast. So my friend is 63. He's been had a job as a supervisor for the last seven and a half years. They now want to change, and during those uh, those years, he's had cancer and other health problems. They now want to switch him 
to a job which would include physical labor and other you know capacities that he cannot complete because of his his you know age and illness and he hasn't had to do that ever before i'm sorry he hasn't had to do a job like that before Oh no, he was hired as a supervisor. So yeah, that's okay. Well, that that uh, although uh, as John mentioned, we're we're running out of time. This definitely sounds like something you should be calling us about. That could be both a constructive dismissal and a human rights violation by way of a failure to accommodate. So your your friend uh, is probably going to be entitled in that case. If it's a constructive dismissal, could be entitled to at least nine months uh, severance pay, and potentially even more. Uh, so I would definitely have him contact us as soon as possible so we can talk about his options because that's very problematic. Uh, what you've described, and he, he should get some legal advice. And we're going to leave it there for the evening. Thank you for uh, for hanging with us, calling in, and uh, you know, puzzling John. Didn't stop him up once, so maybe we'll try it again, see if we can stump you. But uh, but there you go. You want to reach out now, and by the way, we're back Wednesday, and of the weekend shows, and you'll catch the TV show on Global TV and CTV as well. The number is one 821 5900 to reach out. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca is the website, and the email address from which we pull all of our emails is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Don't move a muscle. Don't go anywhere on point with alex pearson is coming right back this is global news radio the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto